Yeah, I think people need to understand that there's a lot more to this than meets the eye. And the question is, was this done intentionally? Well, why would it be done intentionally? I'll give you one example. The 2022 balance sheet just came out and it shows um, $5 trillion in assets to the US government. That's it, $5 trillion. And the largest representing 40% of its, uh, 30 or 40% of its assets are, is student debt. And that's against, according to their numbers, 155 trillion in liabilities. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have the great, my friend, Andy Sheckman coming back to the program. We're going to talk about, he'd be so good about putting the puzzle pieces together on this great reset. I mean, that's what's happening. The great reset is a monetary reset. The war, everything that's happening really is about the shifting control of the reserve currency. Every time there's been a war throughout the last hundred and some years, there has been a major change in monetary policy worldwide. And this is no different than what's going on right now. The difference is in the backdrop, they want to depopulate and do all these other things. I don't know where all that's going, but I got to tell you, when you talk to Andy and you hear the facts and he puts all this stuff together, it, it, it's, I mean, it's undeniable. And I, you know, I was talking about the Weiss research group that's talking about 1,200 or so banks that are on the edge of imminent collapse. That means they will collapse. They have been right 99 point, I think it was 99.3 or 99.6. I got to look at what number that is. But basically over 99% after the 2008 collapse, they determined what banks were going to collapse. And they were right on, they are so well uh, respected the insurance companies, banks, everybody follows their advice because they know that what they're saying is right on target. And now they're saying over 1200 banks are on target for imminent collapse in the very near future. That will be worse than what we saw in 2008. All those banks, all the, the years after 2008 didn't come up to that point of 1200 banks. And the banks that we saw, the three of the top five largest banks in the country collapsing recently here in the um, spring, that will eclipse that. It's going to eclipse 2008. This is all barreling down on us. They also say that not only is there over 1,200 in imminent collapse, they say that over 40, I think 4,300, over 4,300 banks are also at, in red flag territory. So we are, uh, I mean, this is happening, guys. It just, when is the timing? I don't know. We don't know, but we've seen all these details and we're going to talk, we're going to start from back in 2017, 2018 and give you some buildup on this and show you how the powers that be around the world from European central banks to the Western central banks to, you know, the BRICS co uh, countries, this has all been going in that direction in a very public way for a long time. And our Western powers know that. So they can't, deny it, but they're going to try to. And we're going to talk about that as well. But the most important thing is that you are protected. Your family is protected. Make sure that you have some of your investment in areas, your, your wealth in areas that can make it through this transition. If it's all in dollars, that's a huge, huge risk because we don't know where dollars are going to go. They're probably hyperinflate to no value. I don't know. I mean, that, that we'll see. They could be converted to the CBDC that they're planning on cramming down our throats. And maybe you'll have some value there. 
But the one sure way to secure your value, it's an insurance policy, is to get gold and silver. I recommend uh, transferring your IRAs into gold and silver if you can, if you have it. If not, get what you can. Even if you can get 100 bucks, get something so that you can have some security. And uh, just plan. It's your family. It's your future. You want to make sure that you're secure when this country turns into a third world country. It can. I mean, we have a lot of assets. So let's get let's get more serious. We have a lot of assets here. We can't just go from this to th third world status. It doesn't work that way. But we can be in a major chaos for a long time, for a good decade as we try to work ourselves out of this. And you want to be able to have the money, have the resources to for your daughter's wedding, for you know the hospital, the surgery that you need, whatever you need, basic food, you need those resources. And you know you do. So Contact info at Miles Franklin, tell them Sarah sent me and you will get the best prices and the best services in the country from Miles Franklin. That's a guarantee from Andy to me. Okay, let's get into my conversation with Andy Sheckman. Hi, Andy. Welcome back to the show. Sarah, it's great to see you. I uh, follow you uh, closely and uh, watch everything you do and as always, honored to be here. Thanks for having well, me back. Well, thank you. My listeners love you by how many people watch you, but I think it's not because, well, it's because of what you bring to the table and what you have been informing people of over the years before anyone else. And I want to start with the others group because we just learned uh, Russian television has come forward and said that they're going to do a gold-backed currency. You were the first one that told me about it a couple of weeks ago. and But you have been saying something is going on. Something's going down. There's this huge others group that were was never there. And suddenly overnight, there's this group started in 2018 and they're buying silver and gold. Can you talk about what this others group is so people understand? Well, I think it's important, sure, to put it into context. The, the others is a designation on the, the commodity exchange, the COMEX, which publishes a something they call the Commitment of Traders Report, COT, C-O-T, which shows the positioning of the largest traders on the commodity exchange. Uh, on one end, you've always had the commercials, JP, City, Goldman, et cetera. On the other hand, the specs. And those would be the, the uh, hedge funds. And those are the only two traders for almost my entire career that would be uh, listed on the Commitment to Traders Report. Because remember, it shows the positioning of the largest traders on the exchange. And it's always a zero-sum game in the respect that if the commercial banks would go long, the, the, the uh, specs would go short and vice versa. Until 2019-ish, 2020, when we started to see the rise of the others, which are believed to be sovereign wealth funds and family offices who have been draining the exchanges. But to put that into proper context, we need to back up, as you mentioned, to 2017 and 18, when in 2017, first we saw all of the central banks, Eastern European central banks, repatriate their gold. The... Uh, Dutch National Bank, the uh, the Bank of Austria, the Bank of Poland, Hungary, Turkey, uh, the Czech National Bank, all of these banks repatriated their gold from the Bank of England and the New York Fed, and in 2018, went on a massive buying spree where that group, those roughly 10 uh, 
uh, Eastern European Central Banks bought more gold as a group than they did in the 60 years previously combined. And it was the next year in 2019 when those numbers were almost doubled, up 90%. But the BIS, the most powerful bank in the world, the Bank of International Settlements, reclassified gold as the world's only other tier one reserve asset. So you had a couple of years where the biggest money in the world, the central banks, were give us our gold back, we're going to buy it up, and then the most powerful bank in the world, who they're all connected to, said, oh, by the way, you know all that gold that you brought back and been buying out of nowhere? Well, now it's the only other tier one reserve asset in the world. Well, if we fast forward to where we are right now, we've seen the central banks continue this massive purchasing spree. In fact, over the last 18 months, bought more gold than at any time in history, ever. Uh, the biggest one quarter accumulation ever, the first quarter of 2023, the biggest one year ever in 2022, the numbers keep accelerating. And at the same time, Sarah, to your point, we are seeing a massive drawdown, huge, in all of the exchanges, not just the COMEX, because the COMEX, which got a lot of attention, people are saying, well, who are these others? There's only been two groups of reportables. Now out of nowhere, there's a, out of nowhere, there's a third. And, and what are they doing? In 2020, they took more silver off the exchange than we would typically see in a decade. They took more gold that year off the COMEX than the Bank of Japan had in its official holdings. These are significant purchases by arguably the most well-funded and well-informed private traders in the world. And you wonder, do they know what the Eastern European banks knew prior to BIS reclassifying it as tier one? Are they cued in a little bit on what is to come? And I would argue yes, but because it got so much attention, we've seen over the last year and a half, the rise of something else. And it's called exchange for physical where you take a COMEX contract and instead of continuing to bleed down the inventories to record low levels, the silver inventory on COMEX is the second lowest it's ever, ever been, ever in history, because it's being bled down, uh, being delivered off the exchange. And keep in mind, when you deliver something off the exchange, you are, are cutting the liquidity off at the knees. You've got a thousand ounce bar that's this big. There's five of them in a contract, a silver contract, and if you take possession of what is roughly 350 pounds of, of uh, let me take that back. Uh, yeah, about 350 pounds worth of silver in one contract in giant bars. Where's the liquidity when you pull it off the exchange? The liquidity is for someone like Elon Musk to say, whoever has 1,000 ounce bars on the exchange, I'm going to pay you a $12 premium. I'll take it all. When you pull it off the exchange, you've lost industrial liquidity. So these big, sophisticated investors, it's not easy to take possession of contracts. They don't care that they're losing the industrial liquidity where Sony or Samsung or, or, or Musk or, or Panasonic, any of these companies say, we need silver, we'll buy whatever anyone wants to sell. They don't care. It's a one-way ticket wherever it's going. But because that gained so much attention, Sarah, we've seen this the rise of something called exchange for physical. Huge amounts that are bleeding dry the London Metals Exchange silver stockpile to the lowest it's ever been in the 140-year history of the exchange. An exchange for physical is just what it sounds like. Here's my contract. I'm going to exchange it for physical over there where no one's looking off the LBMA. And it's, it's just a stupid deal that they allow where you can take a contract here and exchange it over there. And it's a very 
uh, it's an opaque way, opaque way of draining the system even more. So to your point, I would simply put an exclamation point by the fact that not only are the central banks buying more gold and silver than at any time in history, you have a massive overt overture by the most well-funded and well-informed private investors who the COMEX calls the others. We believe them to be sovereign wealth funds and family offices. They're draining the, the cupboard of all of the gold and silver, not just on the COMEX, but on the LBMA and places like the Shanghai Gold Exchange, where about three, four weeks ago, we saw the largest one-day delivery of silver ever off the, off the Shanghai Gold Exchange. Big money realizes the significance of silver, which is not just industrial, like we're all told, green and digital. It's not just monetary, like we now have seen a renaissance in the last three years of people's understanding of its monetary relevance, but it's also strategic. And if you Google how much silver is in the tip of a Tomahawk cruise missile, you'll see it's almost exactly 500 ounces. If you look and see how much silver is inside of a, like the Peacekeeper ICBM, it's hundreds of thousands of ounces of silver in these warheads that are used that just we keep sending off to the Ukraine and blowing them up. And so the need for silver as we continue to replenish our, our military stockpile is extraordinary. And you know what, Sarah, maybe that plays into the interview that Bix Weir did, which I suggest everyone listen to, a three-part interview he did about a month ago with the head of the Silver Eagle program at the U.S. Mint. And this guy's been there for 30 years. He's 70-some years old. He's pissed off and on his way out. And he said, whatever the U.S. Mint is doing, I'm not happy with. They, they came to me last year in 2022, and they said, we want you to produce as many Silver Eagles as you can as few as you can without creating a public outcry. Uh, he, he said the primary distributors came to him earlier in 2022 and said, we'll take 36 million more Eagles and we only gave them 12 million. Point of it is, is when the Silver Eagle, when the mint was founded in 1986, there's a law in the books that says the US mint must produce as many Silver Eagles as is demanded. Well, he just publicly outed his superiors and said, only make as many as you can without pissing everyone off. And oh, by the way, the primary distributors are asking for 36 million. We only gave them a third of that. What are they doing with the silver? Why are Silver Eagle premiums have been double digit for, for, for three years and now on sale are roughly nine bucks? What's going on with the Silver Eagles in the U.S. Mint? Is it the realization, is it the realization that it is not just industrial for batteries and green endeavors we were supposedly the the executive order that pissed off the saudis that that uh biden signed we're going to be mostly green by 2030 and totally green by 2050 yeah right well uh is it a realization that we don't have the silver that we need not just for our green aspirations but how about our military aspirations we don't have a strategic stockpile is it the realization that hey Someone's bleeding down all of the exchanges. 304 million ounces were sent to India last year. That's 10 times more, over 10 times more than is backing the bars on the COMEX market, only 28 million ounces in the registered category. There's only 280 million total in COMEX, only 28 million for sale. The rest of it is not for sale, held by people like me and your clients and, and other people out there who, who happen to store silver bars in a COMEX warehouse. Point of it is, is that the world's running out of supply. 
maybe the U.S. realizes that. And a country that thinks that it's okay to give away our munition stockpile and to fire these like they're just gumballs in a gumball machine has to realize, well, shit, how do we replenish without the silver? I know. Let's just take it all from the Silver Eagle stockpile, tell the guy running it to, to only make as many as we can without really pissing everyone off. Yet if you look at the last three years, Eagle premiums have been $12, $14, $15 over spot, yet the Krugerrand from South Africa, the Philharmonic from from Austria, the kangaroo from Australia, the, the Britannia from the UK, they've all been seven, eight, nine dollars less than the Eagle, and they're from across the Atlantic. Do you see something wrong here, or is it just a coincidence? So well, are they pricing it that way to keep people from buying it and the and the choose other things? Is that what they're doing? I mean, they're purposely no, it's that they're not the ones pricing it. Okay, so I should clarify that. They sell them at the same price to the five or six primary distributors. I'm an authorized reseller just under the primary distributors. Those primary distributors are the ones that the mint director was talking about or the guy that runs the Eagle. Hey, we'll take 36 million. No, you only get 12. Well, that means that these, these primary distributors have, could sell 36 million and they're only given 12 and they don't know what tomorrow looks like. So they're going to jack up the premium because they have more demand than there is supply goes both ways if you're selling it too. So it just simply means that they're minimizing what is available and it's illegal. The, the charter that founded the Mint says as many as is demanded. So the primary distributors say, well, shit, what are we going to do? You know, we got, we got orders for 36 million. We only got 12. Well, premiums go way up. And, and it's it's a bigger issue that really is somewhat of a mystery. The fact that this guy said what he did blew my mind because here you have an insider basically saying, I've been here for 35 years. I I started the Eagle program and I'm pissed off. And um, and he's almost 75 years old. He doesn't care. And he outed them. And, That's great. That yeah. is great that he's willing yeah. to do that. Okay, but I think it ties into, okay, we got the Ukraine war, but they were planning, they knew this stuff. It ties into this gold back Russian, uh, the BRICS, it's not Russian, but the uh, Russia came out with it. It ties back into that, right? And they're all, they were all preparing for it. And, Absolutely. It, yeah. And so now when you see all this, you see the supply going down, are they artificially holding the price down? That's what I think is actually going on across the industry. And how do they do that? And where should the price really be at? Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm proud to say that I've done over 1,300 videos since late 2019 talking about this. I've been talking about it before anyone. I remember the first video I did with you in maybe 2020 where we talked about this. And no one was talking about it. Nobody. What you are talking about, and I'll get to your question, is the announcement that Jim Rickards just came out with, uh, and and also the, I think it was the, I want to say the Russian finance minister in Kenya maybe came out and validated indeed the new BRICS currency, which supposedly will be announced August 22nd, will be backed by gold. Well, if you look at the clues that have been out there, it's been very obvious to see this. Why Russian television, price? hold on a second. Russian television, RT, also did a report on it. There you go. So you're beginning to see more and more uh, admission of it. But why did the central banks repatriate their gold and go on a buying spree? And then it was reclassified the only other tier one reserve asset in the world. 
Why have the central banks been buying it as much as they have? It's been very obvious to me that it will be underpinning a new system. I've said it in 1,300 videos for three years, but now they're actually putting a date to it. They're saying August 22nd when the new BRICS meeting happens in um, Johannesburg. And there's a lot I want to talk to you about about that meeting before we go here. But you're right. They have been holding down the price, using it as a tool of misdirection. See, the West has always held down the price to make the dollar and our market seem stronger than it is to support a bond market where interest rates were suppressed because of a term in economics called Gibson's paradox. Speaks to the inverse relationship between real interest rates and the price of gold. If you have real interest rates in the gutter, the price of gold should be much higher. There's no opportunity cost in buying an asset that doesn't pay any interest when interest rates are zero. Well, people say, well, interest rates have gone up so much. Yeah, well, they're still negative in terms of real return. And so when you factor inflation against the interest rates. So the bottom line is simply this. They have suppressed gold to make the Western system seem better. But what they didn't factor into the equation is all of those BRICS countries. Like, who are the two biggest accumulators of gold in the first quarter? Well, it was Saudi Arabia and China. Any coincidence there? I don't think so. The countries that are accumulating gold are doing so because I believe, just like the Russian minister said, finance minister, it will be the underpinning of the new system. So they don't give a crap what the West, in fact, they are happy that the West is holding down the paper price. It allows them to empty the shelves globally until there's no one willing to sell it at the, at the make-believe price any longer. So in other words, what started out as deception and, and um, uh, misdirection by the Western central banks to make the Western system and the bond market seem vibrant and strong and healthy. Well, heck, gold, who wants gold? It's so cheap. It's not doing anything. The dollar must be strong. The markets are strong. Well, that's the illusion. And, and the, our foes have been using it against us. And there, along the way, the people manipulating understood that too, like J.P. Morgan. Ted Butler estimates that even though they paid a $920 million fine for manipulating the metals market to the Justice Department, that same year their trading desk made $1 billion, the desk that manages the gold market, they made a billion and paid $960. So they walked away, you know, or $920. They walked away $80 million and, uh, up. But they're head traders in jail right now. And Ted Butler will tell you they've amassed 1.2 billion ounces of physical silver and over 45 million ounces of gold while suppressing the price. Are they doing it at the behest of the US government? Because how is it that it's the largest fine ever by the Justice Department, and yet they're still allowed to manage the world's largest silver trust, that being SLV, amongst others? How is it that they're allowed to make $80 million even after they paid that fine for manipulating the market? They're being told to do this somewhere higher up. This is a big game. And I think the West realizes it as well. They just are realizing it much later than, than they should have. But one other thing, you know, when you talk about the BRICS nations, one of the other things that is coming out uh, now is not only that they're going to issue a gold-backed currency. I've been saying that forever. One of the things I've talked about and never really fully said, but I mention them in the same sentence all the time, is this growing union of countries that comprises 80% of human population. I've always talked about the, the Belt Road Initiative. It's 150 plus countries from around the world where all of the OPEC countries are on the Belt Road as well. 
I've talked about the Eurasian Economic Union, and I've also talked about the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. These are all, the reason I always talk about all of these countries or all of these groups together is that there's massive crossover in all of them. I'll use Saudi Arabia as an example. Saudi Arabia is on the Belt Road along with all the OPEC countries. It's a big deal. All of them are on the Belt Road, but the US isn't. All of them are. They're also formally applied to BRICS. They formally applied to the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, which is the largest regional financial and military organization in the world. 60% of, of, of the Eurasian landmass, 40% of human population, just in that group alone, and the Eurasian Economic Union, they're all connected together. BRICS also, or excuse me, Saudi Arabia also just applied to the new BRICS bank. So all of these countries are mixed together. Well, now there's rumor that in order to make this new BRICS endeavor work on top of backing it by gold and using the four-year-old successful technology of the digital yuan to be the rails of the new BRICS digital currency, the immutability of blockchain meshed with gold, if they, if they put it in a very transparent way to let people audit it, it will work. But to make it even better, they're talking now about consolidating all of these groups so that the Shanghai Cooperation Organization and the Eurasian Economic Union are supposedly going to be integrated into the BRICS in this meeting. And one of the, the takeaways or one of the, one of the clues in this is that if you Google right now, how many countries have signed up for BRICS, you'll see 41 everywhere, 41, 41, 41. However, count them, 25 is all you're gonna come up with. Some are 22, some 25. <clears throat> what they're basically saying is that there's going to be an announcement that the Shanghai Cooperation Organization which is roughly 16 or 17 countries is going to make that announcement there as well. They are Pakistan, Kazakhstan, which has already applied, I believe, Kyrgyzstan, I can't pronounce it, Kyrgyzstan, Pakistan, Russia, they're already in there, Pakistan, Uzbekistan, Afghanistan, Armenia, Azerbaijan, Bahrain, Belarus, Cambodia, Kuwait, Maldives, Mongolia, Myanmar, Nepal, Saudi Arabia is in there, Sri Lanka, Turkey's in there, Turkmenistan and Qatar. They're all being invited to the BRICS meeting, all of them. And the rumor- And they're not they're not included in the 41? That's, well, a couple of Some them. Some of them are, but the majority- is, A few of them are, but the ones that aren't, they're, they're not publicly being listed yet. But the fact that the rumor is that they're all gonna join here at the meeting, you add the countries that are not already in, and it's really damn close to 41. So you put that together, the BRICS, the Belt Road, the uh, Shanghai Cooperation Organization, the Eurasian Economic Union, you're damn near 90% of human population. You have- well, And I think, hold on before you go there, when we're talking about 41 countries, when I did some more research, there's more countries that aren't listed in the 41 who have been talking to them and applying. From my understanding, like Mexico and well, some other one. Well, that's correct. Mexico is as well. But the what I'm saying is if you Google it, it'll say 41. You count it, you'll get 25. There's only they're only listed sure. 25. There and then, so you're you're coming up with where these other 41 would come from, right. but I'm also saying I think there's more than that. There probably is. Rumors are there's as many as, as north of 60 or more that have already expressed interest. And that list is probably growing by leaps and bounds that have not really come public with it yet. But 
you know, also you want to remember that you just in these countries alone, you have two of the three largest nuclear arsenals in the world. You have uh, 3.2 billion people just in China, India, Brazil, and Russia. That's 40% of the Earth's population alone. You put all these countries together, they have 15% of the gold reserves. They produce all of the gold, all of the commodities. They are, they are a formidable, formidable foe. And, and people need to understand that this is, this is becoming very real very, very quickly. And if these, these announcements are made uh, August 22nd, it is the really, really the beginning of the end for the U.S. dollar. But there's something that you and I have not talked about that I think is very relevant um, that I'd like to, that I've kind of yeah. been going on the limb and talking about. And, and that would be the two lead economic advisors for the United States government. Um, and before I mention that, I wanted to kind of lay the foundation. Now, I would argue to you, Sarah, that the U.S. has done more to destroy itself over the last few years than any of its foes could have ever. And, and a lot of the things you talk about, cancel culture, censorship, uh, the obsession with transgenderism, structural racism, uh, wealth inequality, climate alarmism, you know, the violence and the protests that made me leave Minneapolis and move to Delray Beach, uh, the political corruption and the and the, you know what 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 made people come to this country for all of these years? It wasn't that yes, it was the opportunity for a better life, but it was liberty and justice for all. For all us old guys and gals out there, remember when we used to say pledge of allegiance, liberty and justice for all. Look at what is happening to our justice system and and you know what backs the dollar? Yes, it's the petrodollar status. It's the protection of the Saudi kingdom. That's one of the things that you and I have talked about a lot. But how about the full faith and credit of the U.S. government? Well, we're 170 or $80 trillion in the hole when you add Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and government military pensions, all off balance sheet to the $32 trillion debt. So we're, we, we don't have credit. We're broke. We're insolvent. We're 130% of GDP. We're a banana republic. And how about the faith? What faith do we have any longer when watching how the law is not being applied equally? When you look at former President Trump to the Biden administration, it's horrific. It's frightening as hell to see what they are doing and how open in our face they are, are not equally applying the law. And I think that is not lost on our foes. Okay, so we are destabilizing shit inside the country. We're blowing things up outside the country by weaponizing the dollar and by sanctions and all of these things that are pushing everyone away, by telling Saudi Arabia, hey, we're going green, we don't need you anyway. We're incentivizing all of this. Well, here's where it gets interesting. Well, that's one other thing. How about the banking crisis? The banking crisis whereby the Federal Reserve is aiding and abetting the destruction of the banks. You had Janet Yellen, who bailed out Silicon and Signature, tell the representative from Oklahoma in the House subcommittee inquiry, Hey, you just bailed out these banks. And after the 08 financial crisis, we were told that that wasn't ever legal. Well, that's true, she said. The taxpayer won't be on the hook for it, but these banks were too systemic. So we made a decision to bail them out. He says, okay, well, and you Google this, just Google. Um, uh, representative from Oklahoma questions Janet Yellen. And he says, well, am I to understand then, Madam Secretary, if the bank in Oklahoma fails any regional bank, my constituents will be made whole? No, she says. Well, he says, what the hell do you mean? No. She says it would take an uber majority vote of the FOMC, which is the Federal Reserve, myself, the president, the FDIC, to determine if they are indeed too systemic. In other words, they'll be bailed in where you are an unsecured general creditor of the bank. Well, 
Now, follow me here. The Fed has allowed the money markets that are controlled by the commercial banks to invest in the overnight reverse repo market, which is paying, has been paying a much higher rate uh, than even you can get, well, you can get anywhere else. In a regional bank, the best you'll get in a one-year CD is maybe four, four and a half percent, but you can get 5% in a money market held by a commercial bank because they take all that money market money and give it to the Fed in the overnight reverse repo market. Now, if the Fed wanted that to end, they'd say, you can't do that. Get your money out of the re repo market. What I'm getting at is this. They, here's a situation where the, the, the head of the treasury said, banks won't be bailed out, they'll be bailed in. Um, you are an unsecured general creditor. But you can go to a too big to fail bank, those that are too big to fail, and you can put your money into a money market that goes into the overnight reverse repo market backed by the Fed and make a higher return with daily liquidity in a money market than you can in a one-year CD at U.S. Bank or at Truist or any of these big regional banks. Lit a fuse underneath them. Now, follow me. I'm going somewhere with all this. Now, you have a situation where all of this money is leaving the banks because if the banks fail, you're not bailed bailed out, you're part of the bail-in process. You'll lose everything over FDIC. FDIC at the beginning of 2023 had 125 billion in assets backing 18 trillion in deposits. They just borrowed $174 billion from the, from the Fed. FDIC did. Does that inspire any confidence to you? Anyone who's got money in That's a regional right. bank needs to have their head examined and the Fed is doing this purposely. Now, let's back up. Who are the two lead economic advisors to the Biden administration. Number one, Jared Bernstein. Not only does he have a degree, a master's degree in like music, uh, where he studied the double bass, but he also has a degree in philosophy and social work. Uh, he's the lead economic advisor to the Biden administration who gained, uh, in, he became famous for a report that he wrote in 2014 titled, I think it's King Dollar No More or Dethrone King Dollar, in which he advocates immediately that the dollar must immediately lose its world reserve status because of the distortions. This guy has no business experience. He has no economic experience. He is uh, let me an art read and philosophy major. Okay, go ahead. It's, it is, um, uh, da, 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 da. no no experience in, the, in financing it's, or any kind of business area? And here's what he wrote. Uh, yes, he has no no experience. He has a, a degree in music and a master's degree like in philosophy and social work. The, he wrote this. The privilege of having the world's reserve currency is one America can no longer afford. He cites research that evidently reveals that what was once a privilege is now a burden, undermining job growth, pumping up budget and trade deficits, and inflating financial bubbles. To get the American economy on track, the government needs to drop its commitment to maintaining the dollar's reserve currency status. I think that if the dollar were not nearly as prominent as global reserve currency, we'd definitely be better off. That's number one. Number two is Lael Brainerd. Well, I want to say one more thing about that guy. Yeah. Would we ever want someone to do heart surgery on us if they were a, uh, you know, philosophy major and they did never actually did this work? But anyways, uh, keep going. I don't think so. And I probably can give you what his background was here. Let's see. Um, I, I just can't believe that somebody with no experience did even work in the, I mean, how did somebody like that suddenly become in charge of something that matters to all of us at such a deep level? A uh, good question. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, his, 
background is you're gonna love this. He has a um let me just find this. I, I when I read it, I couldn't believe it. Okay, here it is. Um Bernstein graduated with a bachelor's degree in music from the Manhattan School of Music, where he studied the double bass. He also earned a Master of Social Work from Hunter College, as well as a master's degree in philosophy and a PhD in social welfare from Columbia. So that's how much someone social welfare, philosophy, uh, music, social work. That's exactly what this country needs. Let's give everything away. Well, it and just he has no one, basis in, in the work that he's actually doing. Work. I mean, I can see if, okay, he stopped that and then and he's a genius. Let's say he's a genius. And then he spent the last 15 years learning really hardcore about the economy. I, okay, then maybe he has some back, but he's it doesn't look like he has much. What does he have? He's had background in, in working with... Uh, the Obama administration. That's just crazy. Okay, it's keep insanity. going. That's just ridiculous. Uh, but think about the things we've done. We've weaponized the dollar and we told Saudi Arabia, we don't need you anymore. What makes the dollar the world reserve status? The protection of the Saudi kingdom and the full faith and credit of the US government, who is now sanctioning and weaponizing and taking money where we can go into Iraq and say, oops, sorry, we blew everything up. We didn't find the weapons we thought we did, but we're still the world reserve currency. By the way, Iraq is making has made now trading in dollars illegal, and you go to jail for it. I've heard that. That's respect for that. So, anyways, crazy. The, okay. The point of it is, was it intended? Was this intended? I'll get to the why in a moment. But how about Lil Burns? Lil Brainerd. Lil Brainerd is the one who is invent, who is the chair for all the digital currencies for for the uh, was it for the Fed and the government? She was at the Treasury. She was number two at the Fed. Just left and is now basically 1A or 1B economic advisor to Biden. Her whole thesis is modern monetary theory, get rid of the banks, go directly to the central bank. Because modern, because mo monetary theory, she thinks should be controlled by the Federal Reserve, not by the commercial banks and the, and the regional banks who have to lend money into existence. Don't She's a globalist. She's an extreme... But example yes. of a globalist when it comes to economic currency, which is really what it's a lot of it's about anyways. So put it all together. You have destabilization inside this country with the things we talked about at the beginning, all the things we've done to destabilize the country. The banking system is a mess. And if another one fails, which is going to because who holds 70% of all the commercial um, uh, real estate loans? 70% is held by the regional banks. What just happened the other day in Atlanta? 130 or 40 million dollar in equity. The guys said, "Buy, take the building. I'm gone." Uh, what just happened in San Francisco? Take the biggest hotel. I'm gone. What just happened to the biggest mall in San Francisco? Take it. I'm gone. Why? Almost all of the commercial real estate loans are non. What are they called? Like non. Uh, what's the word? Non-performing. It is non. They're they're just not performing. They're not uh, cash flowing. The word is the actual word is um, they are. Uh, there's no non-recourse. That's what I meant. Oh, okay. So you just leave it. Goodbye. Just keep it. I'm out. Who holds all of these loans? The regional banks. If you see some more blow up, which we're going to especially as the money supply is falling off a cliff right now, which means there's no lending, which means the economy's not spinning, which means the small businessman and woman is getting cream. Who holds 70% of all small business loans? The regional banks as well. As the commercial real estate market starts to implode, as all these debts, all these leases have to reset, and a bunch of them come due here in the third and fourth quarter, 
billions and billions and billions, they're just going to walk away, which is going to crater the, the regional banks. And Janet Yellen is going to make an example, and they're going to be bailed in. And everyone is going to shit their pants and freak out and go running to the commercial banks into the money market. And if you are trying to issue a CBDC, it's a whole hell of a lot easier to do it to four or five banks than it is to 5,000 banks. So now look at who's advising the, the president. One guy wants to lose the reserve status. One guy wants to get rid of, one gal wants to get rid of all the banks and go modern monetary theory. And look at what's happening around and say, could you make this stuff up? If it weren't so idiotic, it almost has to be true. And so I think this is a very scary. <laughs> it's not a good conspiracy theory because it's so stupid. It is. It's very, very, very scary, as a matter of fact. So, yeah, I think people need to understand that there's a lot more to this than meets the eye. And the question is, was this done intentionally? Well, why would it be done intentionally? I'll give you one example. The 2022 balance sheet just came out and it shows um, $5 trillion in assets to the US government. That's it, $5 trillion. And the largest representing 40% of its uh, 30 or 40% of its assets are, is student debt. And that's against, according to their numbers, 155 trillion in liabilities. 155 trillion, you got your $32 trillion debt, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, government, military pensions make up the other 120 trillion. So we're 150 trillion in the hole. And I, my favorite, my favorite one-liner of all is a trillion seconds ago was 31,688 years ago. So when Biden came out and said, it's Putin's inflation, I said, aha, they're looking for a scapegoat because inflation 100% of the time is an increase in the money supply. If you've ever studied Austrian economics, that is, it's a monetary event always. What did we do in the last four years? Printed more money in, the, in four years than in the history of the country preceding and kept interest rates suppressed, creating massive distortions. We have gotten to a point where I think that the elite realize basically that we have gotten to a point where we are borrowing money right now um, just to pay off interest, which is basically game over. And so I think they realize it. So who's the villain? Well, if we, if we weaponize the dollar, and we incentivize Saudi Arabia to find an alternative because we're going green and we're destroying the dollar that we're paying them for their oil for. But 90% of the world who's aligning together isn't going green and is going to come with a gold-backed currency. Well, if we incentivize all of these countries to say, shit, if we're on the wrong side of the U.S., are they going to take our money too? The European Union just told Russia, yeah, the money we sanctioned, we're not giving it back. We're using it to rebuild the Ukraine. Didn't just sanction it. And they so, just took their money. No, I, I want to ask you one question back to the banks. Weiss, I think you know Weiss Research Group, they they um, forecasted 99.3, with, I think 99.3 or 99.6% accuracy of which banks were going to fail after 2008. I mean, they just nailed it across the board. They're now coming out and saying that uh, I think 1,400 banks are going to co imminent collapse. And that 4,500, I, I don't, around there, it's in the ballpark, are um, at risk of collapsing. Yep. But 1,200 that's, imminent, that means it's happening, people. Well, that's this is just what, it. Yeah. That's just it. And, and it's going to freak everyone out when it happens because all of a sudden, 
you know, uh, people think, oh, well, everything's okay now. It must be okay because, look, it was just four months ago when we, the second, third, and fourth largest banks in, in the history of this country collapsed. And the Fed last month said there's 500 billion minimum of, of unrealized losses. That's the Fed. You can probably multiply that by two or three. At the same time, we saw 472 billion worth of deposits last quarter taken out of the banks. That's what Janet Yellen incentivized. That's the largest withdrawals ever on record. And so the massive flight of deposits coupled with the historic unrealized bond losses, that's the worst combination. That's a shit sandwich. That's the worst combination you could ever, ever make. And I think you add into it the potential consumer, um, a commercial real estate meltdown, the banks are, are and but this is what Lael Brainerd wants. But it's worse than it's worse than 2008. Those 1,200 banks collapsing is worse than the you know three of the top five banking bank collapse that we ever saw. I mean that's like a, that's an ending event. But, but go ahead. That's what Klaus Schwab said. Why? Why? Because we're so far indebted we can never pay it off. So you have three options. Option number one: inflate. That's what every government has ever done since the beginning of time. Option number two, default. We're sorry. Well, you're screwed. You just filed bankruptcy. No one's ever going to trust you again. Here's the third option. Find a villain. It's those sons of bitches, Xi Jinping and Putin and OPEC. They did it to us. Look at how stupid everyone in this country is, Sarah. Look at all the, I, the I things. That, and I, I say that I with know. respect. Look at I, all it the makes me very sad. I, I, I'm just like you. I've been... Keep going. It just makes the stupidity believe, makes me very sad. People will believe it instead of the fact that by suppressing interest rates and flooding the world with money more so in four years than in the history of the country preceding it, creating ridiculous, egregious distortions and misallocations of resources and capital. It wasn't us. We didn't do this. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't us. Who us? It wasn't me. Okay, but. I got to get back to that others group, though. They've been knowing for years. I mean, so everything they're doing is for, but you, these two advisors who are they just a scapegoat, too? I mean, I don't even under, it's so stupid that I just, I don't quite even understand some of this stuff. I don't know if they're a scapegoat because it, it took a lot of research to figure this out. And you have to dig to find it. It's there. You got to dig to see that what their plans really are. But I think this is the great reset. It is there, it's inevitability mathematically. So better to not fall on the sword and be dragged out of the White House the way Marie Antoinette was out of the Palace of Versailles and beheaded. Instead, you've got a perfect villain. And it was Putin's inflation. The hell it was Putin's inflation. It was your inflation, Federal Reserve, by printing all of that money. Putin's war, if you want to call it Putin's war, which I don't even think is the right way to characterize <laughs> it, it might have distorted some of the, the supply chains re relating to fuel or whatnot. But it's really smart that we closed down the XL Keystone pipeline before all of this happened. So, I mean, all of these things are, you put them into play, you look at them together, bang, 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 bang. Oh, my God. And that's, if I have that's any right. um, role in in in. The one thing that I'm good at is putting the pieces together. People have talked about a lot of these pieces, but not putting it together. And look at it and ask yourself, was Klaus Schwab, was what he said that crazy? Is it, is it that crazy? When you realize that if Saudi Arabia dumps us, 
and the banks blow up as a result of it, at the same time, it's your great reset. And it was their fault. And now you come in, have no fear, Lil Brainerd is here with her brand new CBDC that she's in charge of for the government, the research and development of, and here we are with the new CBDC to save the day. We had to default and start over because the world is going a different direction. We're sorry, but here's the new system. And I find it ironic that the IMF, International Monetary Fund, uh, just came out and said that Kristalina uh, Georgieva is her name, the head of it, said, well, CBDCs need to be backed by something to be legitimate. Hmm. It's interesting that the central banks have been buying more gold than at any time ever. It's interesting that the BIS called it the only other tier one reserve asset in the world. And it's interesting as hell that she and the rest of the Western elite know what the BRICs are going to do. And the only way they save their ass is to peg it to gold as well. And I believe that is what will happen. She said something equally as frightening. By the way, they wrote a report about six months ago. You can Google the IMF wrote a report out of nowhere titled Gold as an international reserve, comma, a barbarous relic no more, question mark. So here you have 150 <laughs> plus countries that are Western friendly talking about gold, interjecting it into the new system. You have Kristalina saying, well, it, CBDCs, CBDCs need to be backed by something. But she said something else a couple of weeks ago. She said, the problem with the US banking system and the failures that we saw was due to complacency. The ability of people to move their money with the click of a mouse needs to be regulated and, and researched. So basically, she's saying, if you can move your money like that, well, that's bad. So you need to be locked into a system where you don't have that type of liquidity and flexibility. You can't be All free, for God's sake. Right. right. You can't be free. What is that? I want to ask you, I know you don't have that much time, and, and this is important. I want to ask you, now, now what can we do? First, we're going to know what, what can we do to protect ourselves, but also with everything going back to going to gold back currency, doesn't that increase the value of gold? I mean, it seems like it's been, and silver, it seems like it's being artificially held back to prepare to set this up, and then once that happens, Gold is going to go through the roof. There was a guy who was ahead of the Chicago Mercantile uh, Exchange, and he was saying what's going to happen is Friday night, things are going to go down. Monday morning, you're going to see a whole new world where gold and silver is like 10 times what the value is right now. I've said that forever. It'll happen on a Sunday night. I said when Saudi Arabia makes the announcement they're dumping the dollar for, for oil settlement, it'll be on a Sunday night, which is Monday morning across the globe. We, when I spoke with the FBI one time about um, um, wire fraud as it pertains to financial institutions, um, they said every every example they've ever seen happens on a Friday night. By the time you realize it, you're screwed because it's Monday before you can deal with it and it's already way gone. Yep. And so that's exactly how it's going to happen. No time to prepare. Uh, you could say whether you're talking about civilizations or the dollar uh, or Ernest Hemingway. Things decay in what's called logarithmic decay. It's like this, and then it starts to go kind of like Niagara Falls, little by little by little, then all at once. And that's how it's going to happen. And you could argue it's already happening. Look at the, the how the dollar, in the, in the last year, the dollar lost 10, 10 times. In, the, in 2022, the dollar lost its share of global reserves in an amount that equaled 10 times 
what we saw in previous years. It's accelerating little by little. It's getting to the edge of the waterfall, then bang, Sunday night, all at once. And that's exactly how it's going to happen. And why have they been holding down the paper price? Because the West has been doing it to make the system seem better. And the rest of the world says, aha, you know, Nijitsu, where you use the opponent's leverage against them, it's exactly what they're doing. Go ahead, suppress the price. We don't care. That's We're right. A bank. We got enough money. We'll just stand for delivery and we'll drain the exchanges and play your game with you. Yeah, they're they're trying to create this illusion that we're strong, but that that creation of the illusion that we're strong is allowing them to truly get strong. It's hollowing us out and making us weaker. Yes, it's like it's like um, you know, it's like putting makeup on after you've been out on a six night binger and haven't slept in six nights, and putting makeup and a pretty dress on and thinking you're good. You know. That's not how it works. <laughs> Maybe that's a bad example, but you get my point. Yes. The point of it is, is that it's hollowing out the truth and and, and, and enriching and emboldening our our foes who now realize that look at look at silver. India imported three hundred and four million ounces last year. That's ten times more than the amount of bars that are available for delivery off of Comex right now. Look at all the metal that's being delivered off the exchanges using the Western suppression as their nijitsu move against the West. So yeah, Sarah, this is a lot bigger. And I, I'm, I'm very thrilled to be here with you in particular because you were there with me. The first interview we did was 2020 and, and people should go back and watch that interview. Everything that I'm saying right now, I said in its infantile stages back then, everything in 1300 videos, three years, everything that I have said is coming true and scaring the hell out of me because it's happening way faster than I thought it would. And that's not normal. You know, I'm not saying I've always been right on everything I've predicted, but this is, is crazy. And if you look at the, the clues that are being thrown faster and faster and faster, you can see the acceleration faster and faster and faster. It's happening, it's happening. And well, I, I, I think you were probably put in position, I know you have like a minute here. I think you were put in position to educate people, to inform people on what's going on. It's kind of weird. It makes you feel surreal, but you were on my show. You were there. I back when I was using LinkedIn and you weren't even doing shows. You had somebody else who was doing your PR. And I said, Hey, come on my show. And no, you weren't even doing them. And I'm like, no, I want to talk to you and your people love you. So I'm glad that you decided to just do it yourself because that's what people needed to hear from you. You know what? You and people like you are the news now. Because the news that we get is just crap. So it is an honor to be here. And, you know, I, I know we were talking a little bit, try to make this a little bit more of a regular deal. And I'd be honored to because it's people like you that – I, I think history will look back upon as as not only courageous as hell to stand up, but um, you know, done more for for humanity than than you or I probably realize we're we're we're, we're contributing because this is one of those moments where if what Jim Rickard says is true and and the Russian media outlet and you see this happen in in less than a month, <clears throat> it's the beginning of the end of everything we know. As Americans, uh, yeah. the privilege, the exorbitant privilege we have had as being world reserve currency for our whole lives, which we've had the birthright of living better than grandma and grandpa and mom and dad. We just, it's our right. Those days are coming to an end and I hate to be the buzzkill. But if you don't see, if you can't see what's coming at you, you can't get out of the way of it. 
And if you're standing in the in the batter's box for all you baseball fans out there facing Randy Johnson, guy was six foot eleven through hundred miles an hour. If you don't see the fastball coming at your head, you can't get out of the way, and it's coming. And you can see by the clues that are being shown to us, they always give you some clues so they can say, "Hey, we told you." Yeah. Um, but I and think. Well, and let's. How can people prepare? Let's talk about getting a little bit of gold and silver. Um, if you can convert your IRA, it's it's insurance. Uh, you you might not make a killing on it. You might just, but you might preserve your wealth as it is today. I, I'm to the point where I'm telling people, look at your IRAs, look at what you have in your 401ks, get smarter and transfer those. Yeah, the cool thing about the IRAs there is the ability to take what's called an in-kind distribution, in-kind. You can distribute or liquidate all of the metal and pay your taxes, but it's there for you if you want it. So yes, uh, they can send us an email at info at milesfranklin.com. Say, Sarah sent me with any questions that they have or specifics on IRAs or want info on that or a price list that is greater than what you can buy on my website, which is only limited to $10,000. There are several states on the website that are not set up yet. Say we can't deliver to because a lot of the states that we deliver to every day, like Florida or California, have laws that if the order is under $2,000, it's taxed. Well, we tell that to people when they call us and say, buy 2001, so I don't have to tax it. Well, in this case, I can't do that. The tax software for these stupid states that are still doing this, uh, up to like two grand has, is being implemented. All of the states will be functional soon. So for those states where you can buy online, feel free or send us an email, info at milesfranklin.com. So if they buy from you directly, they don't have to pay that tax if you're in a As long state. as it's over $2,000. That okay, is. that's good to know. Okay. Yep. And then um, other than that, um, questions, well, price list, questions for me, info at Miles Franklin. But the most important part is to put Sarah sent me and we take your referrals as serious as any that we ever, ever get. And uh, it's out of respect and admiration for you and what you're doing and having me be a tiny, tiny part of it um, that we do that. So uh, that would be the way to get in touch with us. And uh, we'd be thrilled to, as always, and as we always have to, to chat with your people. Thank you, Andy. You are amazing as always. Have an amazing day. You too, Sarah. See you soon. Look forward to picking up where we left off not too far down the road. You stay well. Yep, you too. Bye-bye.